You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kirk Stafford and guests. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, an Australian first platform delivering the total property care solution to help property managers provide a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and to save them processing time on this maintenance. In Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and a digital signature platform to provide all your property documentation in one place, giving you a seamless approach to the way you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Hi, and welcome to another in a series of Influential Conversations. This time I'm joined by a woman who um, I've just spent some time off here talking to, and I am just in awe. Um, the words resilient and driven come to mind immediately when you when I after speaking to this lady. Her name is Kate Johnson. She manages a business called Managed by Kate in a town called Gunnedah. For those of you who don't know where Gunnedah is, it's regional New South Wales. It's an hour's drive west of Tamworth. But she's also making inroads into other areas around her. Kate's been in the industry 15 years. She went out on her own five years ago, now organically has 100 properties under management. Kate, wow, and welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. So am I. I'm really excited. Good. Now, tell us who you are. What's what's your your background? I've got 15 years. You know, probably started in the industry, not quite straight out of school, but pretty close. Where have you come from? So I was in the Hunter Valley and I had just completed a traineeship with the government, um, just business administration traineeship for a power station, funnily enough. And so I thought, okay, I'll apply for a few receptionist roles. And one was, funnily enough, a Century 21 in that area. And I was familiar with them because I used to watch in my younger years a lot of American TV. And I thought that was pretty cool, the gold jacket. So I went in there. And if you get to know me, you'll know that I have no filter and blew the socks off the older fellow who was a generational agent and he owned it. And so I'd applied for a receptionist role. He rang me that afternoon and he said, I've been thinking, he said, I can see that you would make an amazing property manager. He said, how would you like to do another traineeship? At the time, I was like, I don't know, another two years. I've just done 12 months of traineeship on low wages. And so he actually, what I didn't realize at the time was he then demoted the receptionist who he was promoting to a property officer to give me that role. So I actually took it on. I was really excited to start. I had always had an interest in real estate, like million dollar listing had sort of come out around that time and used to love watching those American, like, you know, sort of shows. And so, yeah, I started and you can imagine the icy reception I got from the young girl who had been demoted and I was put in that role. So within the first 12 months, just through sheer passion and like love for what I was doing, I was starting to create things that probably in hindsight, it it 
were big for the time. So back then they used to have ingoing forms where you would just tick off like, you know, good, 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 and literally mm-hmm. send a client that bit of paper. And so actually in a Word document created like, you know, a bit of a graph and like put some photos in there to show them. So essentially almost what a routine report is like now, only would take me about two hours to like, you know, you put the cord into the old computer, download the photos. And mm-hmm. I had all these great ideas, which, you know, it's a little bit hard because the department head at the time was a little bit older and, um, you know, I was clearly very ambitious and the boss was very impressed. And so he actually approached me around the 12-month mark and asked if I would be the department head. Now, I was only about 21 at the time and I was like, um, how? <laughs> how am I going to do this? Like, you know, it was trust accounting, like, you know, you're having staff, like, you know, coming to you when you're learning yourself. So I essentially did a lot of training, you know, and I was going to like back then I think Bob Walders would come to town quite a bit, like Darren Hunter would come and do like courses locally and So I actually would pay and go to those off my own back. I was on the phone to fair trading every single day, asking question after question. And um, because this is, you know, you got to remember, like I'm 36 now. So this was before YouTube. There was no clips. There was nowhere really to go. So those are the avenues I had to take to learn. So then I learned, you know, in these courses, things like, you know, phone your current clients and ask if they have other managements that you could manage and I would take what I was learning and implement that at such a young age. And so we grew our department almost by double. Our income revenue, because I put all the rents up to market rents, like, you know, in that time, grew out of sight. So he was so impressed with, like, what I was doing. But I felt like maybe, and this was a very big mistake, I think, that I made early on in. I thought if I then went to a bigger agency, I would probably learn more. And so went somewhere you know, where I was one in like, you know, maybe like, you know, 40 staff and it was awful. I, it it almost cost me my passion. I was on a rent roll where I was, I was sort of dumped in there. The, The manager would always say, I don't believe in the word stress, but that's exactly what I was. I had almost 300 managements I was looking after And I was about the fourth property manager in just over a 12-month period. And so you can imagine the disgruntled owners. I was at tribunal, I think, maybe three times in my first fortnight on the job. And I'd never been, not once in the few years I'd been at the other agency. So it was really, like, awful. But yet, because I was doing so many insurance claims and there was actually properties that had been, you know, left really, really poorly and trashed, I had to learn the dark side of property management. So very grateful for that experience now looking back. But at the time, I I just did not enjoy it. And so I was going to take a bit of time off and then ended up finding um, another lady who was sort of emerging in the Hunter Valley area, um, Kelly. Um, And she was just great. She had this wonderful attitude and able to like put me into a role and I kind of fell into this leasing role and and found my passion again and was leasing like you know hundreds of these new builds that's what we were specializing in and so I did that for quite a while and you know worked the way through like every different role pretty much in property management Mm -hmm. and decided in my sort of later 20s that the city life was just not really for me anymore And so I decided to move to my family's hometown. My nan at the time had sort of passed away and I found myself withdrawing from the city a lot more, coming to the country and finding like, you know, that peace. 
So my friends, of course, in Newcastle, like I was that girl who had white blonde hair, fake tan, like, you know, literal beach life, like, and they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm moving to the country. They were like, big mistake. (laughs) So, but I did it. I was like, no, I'll give it 12 months and see how we go and started working for a franchise here. And in that time, I became like, you know, like the 2IC of the office. I was the rent role manager. So I had a few staff under me. So that was a big learning lesson. That's where I learned a lot of the ins and outs of business, you know, staff and managing like a portfolio. We only had a couple of hundred at the time that we were looking after. But that became probably the start of where my story began because in that time frame, I started to get to know people in town and was invited to do Dancing with the Stars. Now, that sounds super glamorous, but, I mean, we're talking like, you know, the Northwest, like, region. It was for the Cancer Council. And given my nan had passed away from lung cancer, it was near and dear to my heart. So Mm -hmm. I decided to do it. Now, at the time, I was, you know, a bit overweight. And, you know, so to push myself out of that comfort zone, to dance in front of, like, three, 400 people live was mortifying but I was like you know what I committed to do it and I had lost in the process I think I lost 44 kilos now after losing all of that weight I found that my my neck my throat was really predominant and as we know in the industry if you're really passionate and you know you're in a leadership role or management role it can be really hard to take time away and I always put my own self last and that was a really bad toxic habit that I think some of us, you know, fall into that trap. Every property manager I know has that trait. I I heard us described as an industry full of people pleasers. I can't remember who it was, but it was somewhere somewhere fairly recently. And we are we we are we are so intent on trying trying to keep everybody else happy. Guess what we do? We (laughs) We sacrifice ourselves for it. (laughs) well how bad is this so even though I suspected maybe this wasn't right I kept putting this scan that the doctor had ordered off because I just couldn't find the time to go I had at the time accidentally started falling into sales because I think I had built such beautiful relationships now when I came onto this franchise there was a lot of disgruntled owners Mm -hmm. I worked so hard to under promise and over deliver and Mm -hmm. really be personable and, like, grew, like, these wonderful relationships with them. And so it was really hard to kind of, like, take a step or take time away because they started then asking when it came time to sell their investments. They wanted to deal with me too. And I was like, well, I don't do sales, like, nor have I ever done sales. And so I had this one client and she pushed me and she said, no, I want you to sell it and that's that. And so I went to my boss at the time and I said, you've got two options. You either let me have a crack at this or she's going to take it elsewhere. And so very reluctantly, he gave me a go. Now, the average days on market here was around four months at the time, downturn market. I held a twilight open home, like, you know, took some champagne and nibblies and was so excited and sold it in nine days for $20,000 above market. And that owner (laughs) then was so like, she was like, I knew you could do it. And then that sort of led to another referral, which led to another one. So I was kind of had this other role, but he wouldn't let me give up my team leader role in property management. So I had to essentially do sales outside of that. So I was working Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, like all day Saturday opens, and I would still show properties just out of sheer passion on the Sunday. So 
to take time to go to this scan was very, very difficult. And so in the end, I finally went and got called back to the doctors and he gave me the news that they'd found seven tumours in my thyroids that I had these goiters. Now, I was only 30 years old and hearing those words was like a little bit, you know, sort of confronting, like it was very unexpected. Here I am raising money for the Cancer Council. So I had to, while I was going through that, very quietly, I was actually going through quite severe intrusive testing to see if these tumours were cancerous. The idea was to rule out that they were, but what actually came back was it indicated that it could have been cancer. They couldn't rule out that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they prepared me for the fact that, you know, I would need to have surgery quite quickly because they couldn't rule it out. And so I remember the lady covering the from the newspaper covering the Dancing with the Stars. She, because I'm very matter of fact, <laughs> and so I just... Hadn't told anyone. And towards the end, the day before the actual performance night, you know, I said to her, like, you know, because they, I forget what she asked, but, you know, it came out and I sort of said, look, this is what I'm going through at the moment. So, you know, and watching her reaction really hit me. She burst into tears and was, you know, quite emotional. And she said, like, wow, like, this is such a big thing. And I was like, oh, you know, because I was just like, well, I can't change the outcome. If that's what it's going to be, that's what's going to be. There's no point stressing about it now. So I was still focused on work as we do and going through it. And so I put in leave with my boss at the time for the three weeks I needed for the throat surgery in the January, just before Australia Day um, in 2018. And he said, look, it's really inconvenient, basically. How about we give you a week off? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. How about we give you a week off and play it by here? I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm being prepared for the fact that this year, like I could probably have to go undergo like radiation. Like if if this is cancerous, this is good. And so if that wasn't the kick up the behind that I actually needed to realize your employer, literally, even if you have cancer, will replace you tomorrow, you are a number. And here Mm -hmm. I was doing about 60 hours a week for someone else. And when push come to shove, I was nothing. I was just a number. And so my mom and my, like, fairly new partner at the time was like, enough. We see you killing yourself mm-hmm. in this job. That literally, like, will replace that's, you. Yeah, so, that's, that's, gee. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm in equal part shocked and dismayed that that was the attitude. I guess that's just the way that some people are, are, are built. But you're right. That's the universe giving you a signal that, hey, you know, maybe you, know, this, you need to be somewhere else. Is that what started you on the path to Managed by Kate? Yeah. So, look, a couple of really interesting things happened. I was laying in the hospital straight from surgery, and I don't really believe in star signs, but my mum and I were sitting there and I read my star sign and obviously still could, you know, barely speak and showed her this star sign and it said, you will overcome a great health scare and embark on a new business venture. And I thought, wow, being, <laughs> being reasonable, <laughs> if it wasn't a sign, I don't know what was. But so mm. I had two options, Kirk, and that was either to move back to the city for career career advancement or go back to being a property manager probably on about 40000 a year flat and probably mm. being miserable, managing a few hundred properties, you know, which I just didn't want to do. And so it was just luck that I caught up with um 
a lady named Stacey here who owns Solicitor. I'd always really looked up to her. She was the head of the Chamber of Commerce here and Rotary doing amazing things. And we caught up for coffee and she said, why don't you go out on your own? And I was like, what do you mean? I have zero dollars. I don't know if I have cancer yet. <laughs> like, you know, I just, uh, like, you know, it's not the right time. It's always been my dream, but no. And she said, I really don't think you need as much money as what you think you do. And she said, why don't you apply for the local government uh, council here? They do grants and up to about 5000 each quarter. She said, just look into your options. So she planted the seed. And then I started to think about it more and more. And then on Australia Day 2018, I found out that I was cancer-free. And because of the surgery, it meant that cancer could never come back in any way either. So that left this big dark sea. Like I didn't know where life was going ahead. And look, cut a long story short, a couple of months after that, I was still quite unwell. And from that, I found out that I was actually pregnant. Now, we had lost probably about four, we'd had about four miscarriages years before and had gone years like, you know, sort of without being able to like have a baby. And so this little miracle baby was a game changer. I still remember laying there, seeing this little heartbeat for the first time thinking, my goodness, like I, I have no job for the first time in my life. I'm on medical leave. I was on Centrelink. That was the scariest thing I've ever done walking into the Centrelink office. I think I hid behind a pot plant. Like I was just like, what am I doing? Like, so the lady from Jobs Australia had phoned and, you know, she was like, you're on medical leave, but just touching base to see if there's anything we can do to help you. And when I sent my resume through, she rang back, she said, oh, she said, you're probably more qualified than we are. She said, like, you know, <laughs> probably don't really need that much help. But she recommended this program called NICE. And it's a mm-hmm. government program. And you do a basically pre-course. You have to apply to do it. And if they mm-hmm. think your business concept is worthy, you are allowed into the pre-course, which is three months. Now, being newly pregnant, I was so incredibly sick. I was, like, sick from sun up to sundown. And I would have to go over to Tamworth over an hour away each week. And I would have to go over so many times because I was sick. But I was like, nope, I'm not giving up. I'm going to do this. And so I finished the three-month pre-course and they offered me a placement, which meant you get a business mentor for 12 months. They will give you, it was around six, $700 a fortnight for nine-month period to go towards you know, the business. And it didn't matter like Centrelink. It didn't matter if you were partnered or whatever that might be, um, which was fantastic because at the time, the savings that I had dried up very quickly. Once I finished up, you know, work unexpectedly, literally we're scraping money together. And I mean that like finding gold coins and like going down and like, you know, my mom would come and visit every so often and sort of fill and stop the fridge for me because I was too proud to sort of say just how bad we were struggling. And so from there, I just sort of reached out and phoned a guy in town who worked for the local photocopier company, and he had cancer himself. He'd had testicular cancer twice, and he was around the same age. So he was back at work, and he was so kind to me, and he said, I think this is brilliant. So he gave me a decommissioned big photocopier, and I only had to pay like two cents a copy or something. So that sort of was tick one down on the list and then I like you know spoke to he suggested speaking to this lady from Maury who had opened her own business 18 months prior so she gave me a few recommendations on cost-effective programs 
And then she put me in contact with a fellow from Melbourne who has is one of my best friends now. And I've got three pugs. He had a pug. It was just fate, you know, like, you know. So to save money, I decided, all right, I'll have a play around and I created my own website on Wix. I showed him and I said, look, I'm really embarrassed showing this to a professional, but look, I have no money at the moment and I and I need a website. And he said, that's okay. And I have no doubt that he took absolute kindness on me. I think he only charged me like a few hundred dollars and he tweaked it, made it really pretty, put the like sort of tricky, like booking things into place on there that I obviously didn't have the knowledge to do. So voila, I had like, you know, photocopier, my first couple of programs in place. And I now had a website. I had to work really hard to save money. So I still remember our first lease sign was $80. I had to save up for that. Business cards, like that took me a couple of months to save up for. And they're only $180. Like this is how pretty Mm -hmm. tired we're at this time in our lives, as well as trying to prepare for, you know, like becoming first-time parents. So I was very lucky to have my mom in that situation. She has sort of, you know, helped with like the baby stuff and just believed like, you know, and pushed me like to do this. And so my first year, I only had, I think I brought in four clients. And so like, it wasn't a very big year. And, you know, you sort of had that bit of self-doubt, like, you know, is this the right thing? And we've had a fair bit of trauma, like in that time, like our little girl got very sick at two weeks old and we almost lost her. So in that time though, still didn't take a day off, still blindly believed that I was put on this earth and I'd made this promise to the universe that if that year I had found out I was cancer-free, I was going to make sure that I gave this life a red-hot go. When I get to the end, I'm going to make sure that, like, there are no regrets. I've absolutely exhausted every avenue humanly possible. And literally to that day, I have stuck true to that, and that is exactly what I've done. And so, you know. I just wrote down, while we've been talking, I just wrote down the word, determination and I, I underline it twice <laughs> because and, and and really when when I'm in these podcasts and when we're when we're having these recording sessions I'm sort of I'm obviously very much tuned in but I'm very much focused and I'm very focused on your story but I thought I've got to get that word down in in, in paper because it just that is that that encapsulates you because it, it, I'm just listening to the story and when this goes to air I know that this is just going to be one of the most powerful podcast sessions that I've I've done. So, again, I am very deeply appreciative and in complete admiration of you for for what you've done so far. But I also know that there's there's a hook in this story because we talk about reward for effort, don't we? We do. And what happened last year to you? or for you, I should say, that you created? Like when it comes to training, being regional, it's been really difficult because there's not a lot that comes up out here. And obviously one of my biggest mentors in the industry is Dennis Youssef. He has watched me since the very start Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. I've watched him grow. I won a couple of competitions with him back in the day and so, and you know, same with Darren Hunter. And when... I was, I sort of failed to mention before, like, you know, the call that probably really gave me the push over the edge to start was a call with Darren and Dennis was in the car with him. They just sort of merged. And you can imagine how crazy it sounded phoning them saying, look, I have zero (laughs) dollars. I've just been cleared of cancer. 
I'm having a difficult pregnancy and, you know, I'm in this new area, but hey, I'm thinking about opening my own business. And instead of telling me you're crazy, he actually said, what took you so bloody long? <laughs> and like really That's Dennis. That's Dennis for you, yeah. That's Dennis. And so that blind belief and like love that he's always showing gave me that push. Now, when I was eight months pregnant, he gave me a ticket to a conference. He said, just get here. My family all said no. And I, I was like, you know what? That made me want to go even more. So I did. I drove myself eight hours alone to Brisbane, heavily pregnant, and went to this conference. And so that was about as much training as I'd been able to do. And so last year when I was speaking to an old boss, Kelly, I said, you know, I've just taken on my first ever staff member and I would love to go to a conference. I'm thinking about going to ARC. It's always been a bit of a goal. Um, What have you got planned for the year? And that's when she was telling me about this property management partners tour to America with Nina. Now, Mm -hmm. I probably mentioned earlier in the interview that I have such a love of American real estate and America. And so when I'd been years before, like with my dad and brother, I'd actually taken the, I guess, the foresight at even 21. I emailed, I still remember his name. It was Alec Peckler and him and his Russian brothers owned five Century 21s around LA. And I emailed him and said, I'm going to be in the area. I work for one in, you know, Australia in the Hunter Valley. Like, could I come in and see you? And he was like, we'd love to have you. He emailed back. I danced around the office for days. So, I actually dragged my dad and brothers to a Century 21 <laughs> in the middle of nowhere <laughs> while we were over there. And so that was really exciting. And so You do when, know that makes it a work trip and then it's deductible, don't you? <laughs> it was. I got to claim the flat. It was great. Like, you know, it was wonderful. So that welcomed me to the world of tax deductions and the love of tax deductions. So when Kelly was telling me that she was going on this trip to America, she sent me the link. And you had to apply for it, basically. I guess Nina's whole thing was she wanted to take really like-minded people Mm -hmm. across because, in a sense, we were sort of representing, you know, Australians and, like, you know, property managers from here, like, you know, amongst American property managers. And so I'll never forget. It was a Saturday night. It was probably about midnight. I'm such a night owl. I stay up late working every night. And so I sent this application, you know, email off. And 9am on the Sunday, she wrote back and I told her pretty much my story, very raw like I am today. There's no Mm -hmm. filter. And she wrote back and said that she found me incredibly inspiring. I was exactly the type of person she'd love to take. And that was that. And so my husband came out and I was probably white, like white as a ghost. And he's like, what's wrong? And I said, well, how would you feel about going to America? He said, when? I said, in October. He said, that's in like six months. And he's like, why? And I said, well, I've been invited. He did not believe me, Kurt. He made me show him that email twice, read it over twice, and he was so in shock. Now, this is a country guy who had never left the state really. And here I am like, hey, let's pick up and take our like, you know, one and three-year-old across halfway across the world. So we decided, you know what, we have been in that time, you know, like I'd almost lost my life giving birth to my son and we almost lost him as well. And so when I say someone's watching over me, like there really must be because mm-hmm. we were very fortunate. Seven weeks after, like, you know, having him, I lost the grandfather who raised me. So we'd had a very, very difficult year. Business had actually grown. We'd gone from 30-something managements to 60-something after my son was born within four months. So I was very busy with work taking not one but two babies now you got to remember this time was sort of COVID lockdown so 
childcare wouldn't let me drop the kids off. So I had this newborn and a two and a half year old and I was still working on this business that had doubled in size. So I thought there has to be a reward for like the last four years of never taking a day off and working through. And and I, and I felt like this was it. So I was determined I was going to make it work no matter what. So we killed ourselves to get over there. And like I said, I'd just taken on this new employee. Now, I didn't realise how not normal I was until she started. <laughs> she was like, oh, so you're going overseas? And I was like, yeah, we're going to go for the week. And then that turned into, look, we're going to stay an extra week. And then that turned into a whirlwind circus. I was like, you know what, if we're going to do this, we are going to do this. So <laughs> and with one of the three-year-old, it would have been a circus. <laughs> I've got this huge bucket list, and it's it's the most random bucket list, but a few of the things on there were like I wanted to see Covington, Georgia. When I was a, like in my early 20s, I'd watch the show Vampire Diaries, and it was filmed. So when I started looking at the map, Quite a few of the things I wanted to see in my lifetime were only hours from where we were in Orlando. So we flew into LA, hubby fell in love with LA, then we flew across to Orlando and hired a car. So with the one and three-year-old, we actually drove the entire East Coast up through like Covington, Georgia, like through Nashville, Tennessee, up to Washington, to New York. And while we were over there. it's, 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 It's 20 odd hours nonstop. It was. So, like, you know, our kids hate the car. The little fellow doesn't like driving to Tamworth, which is an hour away. (laughs) So I was like, it was a very ambitious trip. But what we were able to mark off the bucket list was incredible. So our little girl, we did the Disney Institute Excellence in Leadership Program. So we're actually staying at the Disney Resort, which was incredible. And so she got to turn four. So once the conference finished that day, we took her to Disney World for her fourth birthday. Oh. Now, little miss, like, you know, from the country, sassy pants, like, you know, just <laughs> time of her life. And then a few days later was Halloween. And I've always wanted to do an American trick-or-treating. So we got to take the kids to Harry Potter World and then we went trick-or-treating and then, you know, up to New York where we spent time. And there was just this moment Now, for me, you know, as we all are, probably as property managers, like, you know, in the real estate industry, I find we're glued to our phones a lot. And that is my worst habit, being present and in the moment I I do struggle with. Mm -hmm. And so what I found was over there, the time difference was about eight or nine hours on the East Coast. So I would get an entire day in where my phone did not ring. And so I was so present. And we were in the middle of Central Park It was a rare November day. It was 24 degrees where it should have been about 10. And my little girl is in these cute little overalls and she just starts dancing and twirling and singing in the middle of Central Park. And it still gives me goosebumps because I'm like coming from housing commission, coming from like, you know, having to build myself up from the poverty that we were in to a situation where I could take my own daughter, that little girl who, you know, was lucky to survive at two weeks old and watch her be so authentically herself in this big city coming from such a little country town and that we were able to make that happen through my passion and my vision. And, you know, that was to me everything in that never giving up day after day after day through all the trauma, all the doubt, all all of that, that moment just summed up everything perfectly. Mm. I was never more proud of myself in that moment or 
the, the little kids that I was raising. That's and what, so, what a wonderful realisation to have, but what a story too. It's, it, 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 but to get to that point where everything that you've done in the 35 years of your life leading up to that point just is crystallised in that yeah. one tiny little being yeah. and her joy. Oh, it was that's, just incredible. I've said wow a lot during this, just, <laughs> but that is one of those moments. And, and I'm actually sitting here and I'm tearing up just listening oh. to you. <laughs> but well, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Fun. Like, like I said, you know, the, the property manager I had working for me, when she said you don't do things by halves, she summed up my personality completely. So, not only did we do eight American states, we drove quite a lot of them. Um, the kids had been on five flights. You know, it was a lot of travel, but they were brilliant. And so from New York, we flew across to Las Vegas where my mom and dad flew across. And my mom, who had cared for my grandparents for 30 years in ill health, mm. had never left the country. And so she was a little bit lost after, like, Pop died. And I said to her one day, I dropped the bombshell about a month or two before we left. I said, we're going to get married in Las Vegas. And she said, what? <laughs> Something else. Okay. And she was like, well, you're doing what? And I was like, yeah, well, we're going to be there. And I was like, you know, I love America so much. Like, you know, we don't want a big thing. We've already got our kids. And, like, we just think this is such a fun adventure, something we're going to do together Jeez. with our babies. Yeah. And so mom said, well, bloody hell, I'm not missing out. She said, I'm not missing out. <laughs> and mom here has an extreme fear of flying, got herself on a little, like, plane from Tamworth to Sydney, and her and my stepdad met up in Sydney and flew across to Las Vegas. And um, so, yeah, Elvis married us in front of the Las Vegas sign, and then we hired this 1961 convertible Cadillac and drove around for the day. Oh, and we went God. A big NFL Raiders <laughs> football game, and, you know, it was just the, the trip of a life. And so for me, it wasn't just, you know, a trip. It wasn't just a holiday. It was, you know, an emblem of mm -hmm. all of that sacrifice that I'd made over the year, mm -hmm. over the 15 years of my career to get to that point. So yep. there's been some amazing things. Like even since then, like, you know, um, I was a finalist and this is where I met you, like, you know, mm -hmm. at the property management partners, like, you know, yep. awards night in Melbourne and so once again, we'd only just come back from America and here we were flying off to Melbourne. And, you know, to make it through as a top three finalist, I think, for a property manager of the year out of, I think she said they had like 600 sort of applications come in was just, I'm still sort of in awe, like, you know, even to have got to five years in and like, you know, the amount of love and support people have put on these posts, I think people feel as though they've been on this journey with me. I've been very mm -hmm. honest about the downfalls, the hard times, but also like the amazing things I've been able to accomplish. Like here we are five years later, just, you know, hitting a hundred managements. Like, you know, the business was growing this year already by 30%. And we're only like, you know, sort of that was the first five months in. And so to sort of, you know, even like our social media is just going absolutely like red hot at the moment. Like we're just sort of short of 3000 followers. Like we're hitting all these milestones and things are finally falling into place. And I just think, if there's one takeaway from like what I've learned for other people coming into this is you know you better than anyone else does. And those words you mentioned, resilience, determination, those in my younger years were used as a negative against me. My mom used it drove her crazy how determined I was. Like she I was like you would harp on her and would not stop if I was you're the, you're the kid that never took no, aren't you? I am that child. And like she thinks I'm harder at 36 than what I was at probably six. 
So, you know, <laughs> there's not much hope for my little girl. Like, you know, it kind of is well, yeah, it, all, all I can say is God help you as a parent because apples generally don't fall far from trees. <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> she's been harping me this week about a um, – she's been watching Taylor Swift's Eras tour. Now, whether you like Taylor Swift or not, her music or not, the fact that there is this young woman – selling out shows per night of 100,000 people with 20,000 mm-hmm. people showing up in a car park. I'm like, what an incredible thing that is to mm-hmm. use that voice to inspire others. And mm-hmm. that is my whole goal in life, you know, is to hopefully one day my story can inspire other people to give it a go. Like I think oh, I told yeah. you earlier that um, Naomi, an absolute sweetheart, you know, for any of the industry I've made, had put a post up innocently and, like, you know, IGT just asking how um, to sort of get started, like, you know, very curious, like, you know, what kind of money you would need to start start out. And I was sort of, you know, sitting there laughing at the answers because people were being very conservative, like, you know, you need two years' worth of wages, you need $100,000. And so I, I made a comment. I remember yeah. reading that post. I'm just reading it going, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then there's me who comments very innocently, I had zero dollars. I was on Centrelink at the time. I thought I had cancer. <laughs> and so Naomi reached yeah, out what? to me hmm. yeah, privately and said, wow, like, you know, it, it sort of inspired her. And um, I, I gave her, like, you know, a few of those tips that I've sort of said, like how I, how I was able to get started. And so I don't know how many months later it was, but I got the most beautiful package in the mail and it was a thank you card from her and her very first ever business card. She oh, sent Oh, how fantastic. And I'm like, Naomi, if you're listening, thank you. That was an amazing, amazing gift to give someone. Oh, look, it just, you know, like I said, I'm such like a someone who tends to, you know, sometimes doubt themselves and whatever else and, I have no filter. I'm just so authentically myself, like, and there's no other way to be. And so, you know, to see that somebody else, you know, was able to reach out and gain something from that to me was a little shocking, but meant so much. That package actually brought me to tears. So thank you, Naomi. Mm. She started on Baber and Co. Rental Specialists up in Queensland. So very proud. Mm. Yeah. She created this little beautiful group of property managers and they call themselves P-Play principals because they're all in their first they'd all been in the first year. And so she actually invited me in as a bit of a mentor. But what's happened is it's such a beautiful, supportive group that, you know, even though I'm a few years further along, I learned so much from them too. And, like, those women are doing incredible, like absolutely incredible things. Mm -hmm. And so Christy out of that group, her and I have become very good friends. And I met her the night that I met you at that same award night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not bad for Mm -hmm. the, like, kid from the country so <laughs> uh, yeah but I don't think it would really matter whether you're a country or city or wherever you were I, I think just you know, we've actually gone well over anybody else's time I can't stop listening to you and I'd really like to continue this conversation but time's going to be against us but I don't think it would matter where you are or where you came from you're always going to succeed that's that's quite evident you've got that determination. As I said, I wrote the word down earlier. You've got that resilience and that drive in you. Where to next? We've got another, say, let's call it two minutes and we'll wrap up. Where to next for you? What's what's on the bucket list next? Honestly, I've accidentally expanded into other areas because I have been recommended. (laughs) And the people who are a little bit forceful, it's kind of like I have clients that are like, I have a property 
you know, in Tamworth, I have one in Coonabarabran or Narrabri. And so I've actually been pushed into other areas. And so on the horizon, definitely would love to see Managed by Kate have other offices around. I would love Mm -hmm. to take the personal service that we give and our business model and, you know, sort of like, especially in in our area, we are regional. The number one thing I I was seeing and and I didn't want investors to ever feel like they were receiving a less than service because they weren't in a metro area. Mm-hmm. So whether we were in Sydney or Melbourne, I do think we would still be very competitive because, you know, we've maintained this five-star rating the entire five years through. We give yeah. that extra 10% every single time. And so I would really love to, I hope next time we speak, that, you know, you'll see some other, like, managed by Kate's popping up around the place. That would be an ultimate dream goal. That I, I, I don't doubt I will. <laughs> <laughs> But no, one day I would really love to be able to use these stories and one day like open up a little bit more about like the journey and, you know, use that to like inspire people and help get them started. That would be my mm-hmm. ultimate dream goal would be mm-hmm. some someday maybe some type of motivational speaker and, you know, incorporate my love of what I do for, you know, helping well, I think people. You've, you've, you've certainly got the, the, the chops to be able to do it. You've got the runs on the board. Uh, and you've got the, the the personality that I, I I don't see how you could not. <laughs> really, I, I I don't. Kate, listen, we're we're now forty one minutes in. We I said oh to you this is going to be twenty five minutes. That's right. I, no 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 no. I've loved every minute of talking to you. I know that our audience will as well. So thank you so much. I am so deeply appreciative of you coming on. I am. I'm in awe of your story, um, and and I, I'm just so full of admiration for the way that you have, have just not let anything knock you down, and you just kept going and going and going. Kate Johnson from Managed by Kate in the, the, the growing empire <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of North Central New South Wales. Thank you again. It's been my absolute delight to have you on. And I'm really, really looking forward to watching you over the next few years develop and grow and just become so much more than you are already. Oh, thank you, Kirk. Thanks for asking me on. It really meant a lot. Most welcome. As I said, my pleasure. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.